Now, this Sunday evening, we plan to look at Genesis 8. And if you were here last week, uh, we looked at the flood uh, this past Sunday evening. Uh, and Genesis 8, the next chapter, talks about the end of the flood. And it's the end of the flood of judgment. And so, just to tie into the verse we're looking at, I'll read the last two verses from Genesis 7. The last two verses in Genesis 7 summarize what happened during the flood, the wrath of God and the judgment of God upon all living things on earth. And it's, it's well summarized in these last two verses. Genesis 7, 23 and 24. So he, the Lord, destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing and bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. So that's, that's the judgment of God. That's the flood. That's what it did. Then we come to our verse for this evening. Genesis 8, verse 1. Then... God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. So this is, this is the setup for this, this verse, Genesis 8.1, which we're going to look at now. The judgment has fallen. All living things on earth are dead. All people are dead. All the land animals are dead. All the, the creatures of the air are dead. But with all of that total loss, God remembered Noah. And he remembered every living thing in that ark. And this, this is what we see here. We see that the, the destroying God is also the healing God. The destroying God is also the healing God. God removes the waters from the surface of the earth. And so in our our little time tonight, I'm going to briefly look at three things. The first thing is this. God will remember you. God will remember you. It says that God remembered Noah and every living thing with him in the ark. And so what you want the the scene that uh, the Lord gives us here is that from a, a human perspective, This planet on which we live, it's very big. It would take you three years to walk around the entire planet. If you were uh, walking at an average pace, walking eight hours a day, it's big. Three years, walking every day for eight hours. It would take a very long time just to go around it. And in this scene, on this this, um, water world, the world is just this blank surface. Everything is just Water. That's it. Water. It's featureless. It's an ocean planet covered only with floating debris, whatever wood scraps there are, and this ark. That's all that there is. But over all that water, over all that mess, God sees and God remembers Noah. Now, this is where we sometimes feel like we find ourselves. Isn't it the case that sometimes you feel like you've been forgotten by God? that maybe you even feel like you're sinking. You might even feel like you're drowning. And God's not answering your prayers. You're just out there. Nothing. You're just in this box. God's God's not answering. In Noah's case, he and everyone in that box, they would be sitting in that floating box, and it's not like they had electricity. I mean, I'm sure they had 
some kind of light from maybe some kind of lamp, oil, but there was only one window, only one window, and it was at the t- in the roof. So in that floating box for a year, if you do the math, they were in that box for a year, only a single window, death all around them, no freedom, they didn't have any options, nowhere to look up except through that window, and that window, that window is something to look at, the window, God, it's almost like God is telling them, you're in this box, you're in a box for a year. I want you to look only at me, the Lord, nothing else. I don't want you to be concerned with everything around you. All the questions you have, what's going on? How bad is it? What am I going to do? He wants you to look at that window, look at him. So do you feel stuck? Do you feel stuck? Do you feel like God has not been paying attention to what's going on? Do you feel neglected by God? Do you feel like trouble is piling up? all around you. Maybe, maybe what's happening is around you, where you work, where you live, in your family. Everyone is going down the drain. That's what's going on. And you're just in this floating box. And the future, you have no idea. You've never, no one's ever been through this before. The future is unpredictable. You've got no support. All the things that were a support for you structurally, with society, with your job, with just the way things work, it's all gone. And for Noah, nothing is out there. No one is out there. How is he going to make any kind of plan for what is next? What's going to happen to him? And so this is is what we want to see here. No matter how much falls down all around you, no matter who falls down around you, no matter how long it drags out, God will remember you, believer. He will remember you. He will not forget you. Think of Isaiah 54.8. God says, with a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. So God will remember you. Now, secondly, we also see this. You must wait on God. You must wait on the Lord. Now, this chapter, if you cast your eyes over chapter 8, it's a little bit strange because There are a lot of words and not much is happening. And there are a lot of details for not much happening. He could have summarized the first third of this chapter with just one verse. The water subsided and then they left the ark. But instead, it just gives all these details. They're in the ark. Forty days as 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 the floods rise. And then they're waiting in the ark while the waters are sitting over the surface of the earth. Another 150 days. And then they're locked in the ark for, for the, the rest of an entire year as the waters slowly, slowly recede from the surface of the world. And they're just waiting. And it, it's, it's just spilling out all of this text to tell you they were still waiting. Waiting in the ark. It's just entirely passive. What else can they do? There's, there's no motor. There's no sail. They don't have oars. They don't have a door to get out that they can open. They're just passive. God's work is playing out in the situation. All that they can do is wait while God is working. Now, waiting, if you are a believer waiting on the Lord, it's not passive. It is an active posture. Waiting on the Lord is activity. It's an active posture. As a believer, you need to expect that you are going to be in many situations 
or all that you can do and all that God is asking you to do is to wait on him, to wait on the Lord. You've just got to wait on the Lord. You might have to wait for another person to change. You might have to wait for the Lord to do his will in the nations. You might have to wait for the Lord to like, open some kind of door of opportunity for you. You might have to wait for the Lord to, to give you something you've been asking for. Wait for him to give you a child or a change of, of job or whatever. Waiting is hard, though. Waiting on the Lord is hard. Psalm 13. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? So what does it mean? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? What does that look like? Here's, here's one way that it looks if you're waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord means you tell God in your prayers that you're waiting on him. You tell him in your prayers that waiting is hard. That's one way that waiting on the Lord looks. You tell him in prayer, God, waiting is hard. It also means this. Here's what waiting on the Lord also looks like. It means you ask God in your prayers, how long you're praying. The words of your prayer are to God, how long, God? How long? How long till you fix this broken relationship? How, how much longer? How, how long until you get me out of the hole in which I find myself? Lord, how long will it be until you come again? So we find ourselves often in this place where you you must wait on the Lord. And then thirdly and finally, this is what we're going to close with. We we have um, uh, to wait on God, but we also need to remember why it is that God remembers you. You need to know why God will remember you. How can you be sure that God is going to remember you? Sometimes you pray, and you pray not just for months, not just for years. You might pray for decades. Are, are, you, are you prepared to wait on the Lord for decades? Like Simeon, like Anna in the temple. They were waiting, and they became elderly people before they saw the desire of their heart answered by the Lord. They'd been waiting all their lives to see the coming of the Messiah. How can you wait so long and know that as you're waiting, God will remember you. Well, you can wait and you can be sure that God remembers you because in the gospel, Jesus was forgotten by God so that you could be remembered. The words of Psalm 42, these are the words in the prayer of Jesus when he was forgotten. Jesus knew what it was to wait on the Lord and to be forgotten, rejected, abandoned by God. Psalm 42, verse 9. These are the words of Christ. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. And for Christ, on that cross, God turned away from Christ's agony. The experience that Christ had was he was forgotten, and he died on that cross. God turned away 
from Jesus. And because he did that, because of Christ's abandonment, God will never turn away from you. It's because he, he turned away from your sins when he turned away from Christ on that cross. And, and so that means he has no reason to turn away from you now, if you believe. Because Jesus was forgotten, you who believe are always remembered and treasured by God. So can you wait today with hope and even with a little bit of joy? Well, now we're going to pray. And um, maybe in, in light of this, this could be a time where we could, we could come to the Lord and, and wait on him. We could tell him, if you're waiting on him, that waiting is hard. You could ask him, how long? You could even talk about whatever situation you have where you're waiting on God. Or you could talk about a time where you have waited on him and he did come and hear you. Um, Or you can just pour your heart out to God. Um, So we're going to open just with this time, maybe centered around um, confessing what we're waiting on to the Lord. Um, is there someone online that would like to start us off for this this round? Okay, someone in the room who would like to close us off after everyone has seemed to, to... Okay, you'll close us off. Let me start us off. Let's pray now. Lord, we are waiting on you. Uh, some of us here have have um, had the the honor of hearing of some of the hard things that our brothers and sisters are um, are wrestling with and and our hearts are are heavy for them um, and we're waiting on you lord um, and lord I, I think of of um, some of my own long term besetting sins my my pride, my, my, my craving for the, the approval, the recognition of, of people in the kingdom, outside of the kingdom, whatever, um, and how I just want to be done with that. And, and that's, that's an area where, Lord, I, I'm just so tired of the flesh at times. How long? How long? Um, but Lord, I, I do thank you uh, that... You are surely working, uh, that Christ surely uh, is overcoming. And so, Lord, um, how long? I ask in Jesus' name, amen.